Hello, welcome back to Diary of the Mad Men, the ultimate Ozzy Osbourne podcast where we talk everything Ozzy and Ozzy related. Josh here along with Dan. Today's topic we're going to discuss is top vocal performances for Ozzy in Black Sabbath. You ready for this one, Dan? I really can't wait. I've been listening to Sabbath like crazy this week, putting my list together and making tedious notes to share with everybody and make sure that we are uh, really enjoying Ozzy's vocal performances. And I want to be clear, this isn't best melodies. This isn't best songs. This is strictly best vocal performances. There is a difference between melodies, performances, everything else. So you're talking vocal performances on the songs. That's correct. Ozzy's best vocal performances. Before we do that, let's get into something else real quick. How was your feedback on last week's episode about Osmosis? Fantastic. You know, I love the fact that we really got to dive deep into that album. You know, again, it's special for both of us, and it's one of my favorite records of all time. But yeah, one quick thing, though, I do want to point out, we do have a small correction, and I do hope everybody enjoyed the podcast last week. But it, it does appear that Lemmy did help write the lyrics for My Little Man, which came as a huge surprise to me, Josh. Came as a huge surprise to me. Also, you sent me an article where Steve Vai had commented that Lemmy did indeed help write My Little Man. Interesting timing that you found that this week. But, for sure. Uh, he is uncredited. So to, to be fair, that's easily understood that we would miss that one. But uh, tell us a little bit more about what Steve had to say about Lemmy's involvement. Yeah, he basically just said how quick Lemmy wrote the lyrics and that he was really happy that he got to collaborate with Lemmy. This is at the time when Lemmy passed away. And you and I started really analyzing the lyrics and we kind of came up with the fact that a lot of it is very Aussie centric. So we both agree that Lemmy probably shot down a couple of verses and a bridge in 15 minutes and told Ozzy, hey, I don't need to be paid for it. It's yours. That sounds like the only explanation. You know, I, I, like I mentioned on the phone with you, you know, Bob Seger did that with old time rock and roll. He, yeah, he did that's a great point. participate with writing that song, but his contributions was minimal. And he was like, you know, I don't have to have a credit for that. It didn't take any of my time. I think Lemmy had a similar feel about my little man that he just didn't feel like his contribution was big enough that he should be credited. But it doesn't mean he did indeed help out. Right. And it was obviously a very personal song for Ozzy writing about Jack. So I think that probably also had something to do with it. To me, you know what? It told me, Josh, is Ozzy and Lemmy are even closer than we realize. I mean, they have an amazing, wonderful relationship. I think you're right. Yeah, I, th I think Lemmy simply leaving money on the table out of respect says a whole lot about their, their relationship, for sure. Absolutely. So before we get started on our topic, the new Iron Maiden single dropped this week, and I kind of wanted to get your feedback. What do you think of it? I actually liked that one. I shouldn't say I actually liked that one. Like, I don't like Iron Maiden. I do like Iron Maiden. I'm not all about them. But uh, that track kind of had a uh, more of a Southern, old school 70s vibe to it to me. I, I kind of enjoyed it. How about you? Yeah, you know, upon first listen, it did not move me. Yeah, I was kind of underwhelmed at first, but, you know, like most good records and most good music, I've spun it about 10 times now, and it's really grown on me. I think the chorus is fantastic. The one part I'm still not hugely fond of is actually the opening riff. Kind of sounds like a pirate theme to me a little bit, but come to find out it was written by Adrian Smith and Bruce Dickinson. So you could totally tell it does not have that classic Steve Harris vibe. When you say a pirate theme, I pictured something similar to that also. So I kind of see where you're going with that. But yeah, I dug it. I mean, it's always fun to hear something new from some of the legends and the bands that are still out there, you know, carrying the torch still until someone else can pick it back up for us. Yeah. And, you know, two things. First of all, I'm just super happy for Bruce Dickinson, you know, to be able to sing like that and to continue his career after the throat cancer scare that he had a couple of years ago. 
And secondly, you know, I'm excited for the new record. All of that information dropped as well. So the fact that we're getting an Iron Maiden record in 2021 is as exciting as it gets. Well, and the closer that 2021 comes to closing up, it's looking less and less like a new Ozzy record. For those that may not know, Ozzy does have a new album that's essentially finished. The last we heard... Roughly 99% done, Ozzy said, and that was a month or two ago. So I'd imagine it's probably finished by now. Just a matter of playing the waiting game and seeing uh, when they're going to drop the first single. Agreed, yeah. I was just reading that article again this week. It's what I do in my spare time, read old Ozzy articles. But 15 songs are recorded, ready to go. I am super excited. He has a couple epics in there, which, of course, is intriguing to both of us. Can't wait. At this point, it has to be finished. Now they're just waiting on, I'm sure, the album cover and, of course, picking the first single and just marketing in general. Yeah. And he did drop us, you know, like I said, it's been a few months back, but he did drop a song title, uh, patient number nine. I love it. Probably COVID related. You know, Ozzy tends to write about what's current and what's in the news. So I could see that the whole album probably having a COVID type theme to it. Yeah. It's a great point. All right. That said, let's get on with today's topic. Top vocal performances in black Sabbath. Dan said he's been doing notes tediously for the past several days getting ready for this. I did notes tediously in the past two hours getting ready for this. <laughs> That's our personalities. But that said, we know this stuff inside and out. doesn't mean we're perfect. We don't know everything. But typically we can recall, like most of the listeners can, off a whim, you know, moments of songs and stuff. So I was going to say, before we do start the actual list, you know, we had talked about discussing each album in detail, mm-hmm. basically on how Ozzy's voice changed over the course of Sabbath. With the original album, Black Sabbath, Ozzy has a much more reserved voice, in my opinion, in most people's opinion. So on their debut, the the thing that I love about the debut, actually, is Ozzy's voice hasn't quite matured yet. He hasn't found his sound yet, right? It's their debut album, and he is absolutely copying old blues singers. Very common. I'm sorry to interrupt. Very common for the time. No, you're good. Uh, Steven Tyler of Aerosmith. If you listen to the first Aerosmith album, very similar. I actually had a verbal argument with my wife one day that that wasn't Steven Tyler on that album. And, you know, it, of course it is. Yeah, he never sounded like that again. Like Ozzy never sounds like that first Black Sabbath album ever again. You know, and they were doing all those blues songs live, right? Like early one morning. You can find a great, great live version of that from, is that 69, Josh? Of Sabbath doing that. And it's a great cover. Ozzy sounds great on it. Dumfries. And Jim Simpson, uh, yeah, Dumfries, that's right. Yeah, that's another Holy Grail show. Hopefully it'll be released someday. But Jim Simpson just, yeah, he definitely came out and said Ozzy was just a master at emulating those old blues singers. And it's written all over that record. Oh, yeah, definitely. And like I said, plays it much closer to the vest. You know, he he definitely hadn't found that Ozzy sound just yet that he became so accustomed and known for later on in his career. He was probably also a novice at writing melodies at this point, right? I mean, Black Sabbath, the song is a wonderful melody, but at that time, he's a young kid. You know, I'm sure he's just he's going to grow so much, not as only as a singer, but as a melody writer. Well, that's what I was getting ready to say. I mean, let's just be honest. He was probably a child. He was 20, 21, 22 years old right there. And like you said, they were in a cover band before doing blues songs. It's their first experience truly writing their own music. And just like anything else, it forms, it takes time, it gets better as it wears on. I think as he performed more and more throughout the years, he definitely developed into what he became so known for. Yeah, he was 20 or 21. It's a great point. Obviously born in December of 48. That was recorded in 69. He would have been, you know, 20 turning 21. Probably 20. Around what period do you think his voice really grew into the voice that we know and love today? I would say technical ecstasy is where he started to get the modern Ozzy sound. You know, he obviously on Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath and Sabotage, two of the greatest vocal performances in music history. He is dynamite, amazing and a fantastic range. 
But technical ecstasy is where he starts to get that modern Aussie sound. Like if you listen to the vocals on Dirty Woman, that could have been right on Blizzard of Oz. Paranoid, of course, is where you know this is where he really started to let loose and started to become comfortable in his own skin and really letting it rip to what would become the classic Aussie voice that we all know and love. The growth between the debut and Paranoid is pretty substantial. I mean, songs like War Pigs and uh, Hand of Doom and Fairies Wear Boots. You know, I was just watching a live performance of Fairies Wear Boots, and it's higher than people realize. It's a tremendous vocal yeah. he does on that song. And you got to realize, too, they were essentially recorded within a year of each other. Yeah, they were both right. released in 70. So, I mean, they recorded within a year, and that, that kind of growth in one year is just absolutely ridiculous. Well, obviously, we all know the story. Black Sabbath was recorded in 12 hours, and they basically just went in and played the live set. They played live. Ozzy sang those songs live while the band performed, and then they went in, and Ozzy did a few doubles, and Tony went in and did a few doubles on his guitar. And that was it. They went back on the road. Those stories have been so told time and time again, over and over. One thing we want to promise listeners of this podcast, we will not tell you these similar stories over and over. The ones we all know, the Dove, the Bat, the Alamo, me and Dan will not discuss those. We promise you we're, we're as tired of hearing them as you are. Or the Osbournes. Yeah, or the Osbournes. <laughs> but one story that I do like from that era is recently in an interview, Ozzy said that Steve Vai had mentioned to him, he said, do you realize that on Black Sabbath, the band is not in standard 440 tuning? And Ozzy's right. response was, do you realize that album's been out 50 years and it still sells? Which I thought was just absolutely <laughs> so perfect. Great. Absolutely perfect. I think that's a great point. And there's actually some ACDC albums that are exactly the same way. Uh, Let There Be Rock is definitely not pitched to 440. It's somewhere between... E and E flat, but that's, it was common back then. They just yeah. tuned to each other the, and the, went. The bands tuned to each other and let yeah. it rip. Technology took over and you simply, I don't know about you down in your band, but in my band, you hit the A chord and let someone yep. tune to it. And then there you go. A hundred percent. It's always the A chord, right? Yep. Always the A chord. So that said, Black Sabbath, do you want to start at the beginning and go through the end? Yeah, I'd love to. So for me, the first album the song Black Sabbath for sure stands out. I think it's one of the eeriest vocal performances in music history. And the other song that I think is wonderful, I'm going to go NIB. I know he's copying the uh, the guitar lick on that one, but I think Ozzy's voice is just criminally underrated on that song. You know, for me, I agree with you totally on Black Sabbath. It's a song that started it all. We'll talk more about that later. Another track for me that really stands out on the debut, and this may really shock a lot of people that I choose this one, Evil Woman. We're talking vocal performances. Ozzy hits the more standard Ozzy sound on Evil Woman than he probably does any other song on the album. His pitch is higher. has a lot of low octave also in his register. He's up and down. You know, I really enjoy his vocal performance on that one. I think it really uh, stood out. Yeah, for sure. I would have to say I just wish he enunciated a little bit better. You know, we didn't have the Internet. You know, here I go. I'm the old man. But, you know, me and my brother, for sure, would scour every Black Sabbath record and try to figure out every single lyric. And there's still a few on that song. I still don't quite understand what Ozzy's saying. The performance is fantastic. There's still a few on a few songs that I don't still understand, but that's okay. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and a lot of those lyrics on the internet are wrong. A lot. You know, can I bring up one more as my second choice? Absolutely. Is Wicked World. And I'll, let me tell you why. As a young kid, the first album we ever got was uh, We Sold Our Soul for Rock and Roll for Black Sabbath. Because I, I started with Ozzy solo and worked my way backwards, right? When I heard Wicked World for the first time, I did not think that was Ozzy. That voice, you know, as a young kid, not that familiar with him. Now, of course it is, right? And we're going to talk about other songs that people try to claim isn't Ozzy. 
But if you listen to his ten, the the sound of his voice on Wicked World, it's unlike anything on Black Sabbath or, again, anything in his career. It's so unique. The song in general is totally unique and different. I love it. And it's I think, actually, people don't really talk about this, but it was written before Black Sabbath. Everybody talks about Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath, but actually Wicked World was first. That's a very interesting yeah. point. So on Paranoid, of course, War Pigs always sticks out on Paranoid as a vocal performance from Hell that was just amazing. Do any other tracks in that album stand out for you? Yeah, I mentioned Fairies Wear Boots, and I have a soft spot for Hand of Doom. I think Hand of Doom is a fantastic vocal performance, and it shows a lot of versatility. My notes say Hand of Doom. Like Evil Woman has a lot of highs and a lot of lows and really hits another level for Ozzy vocally. I agree. Hand of Doom, man, that's a performance. You know, back then, it was different to really, you would feel the highs and lows of an album much more than you do today. And no when question. he's doing those verses and he's got the low register going and then all of a sudden it, the band kicks in and goes to a, to a higher level. I mean, it's, just, it's amazing. So powerful. Absolutely amazing. It's definitely one of, as you'll see later, one of my favorite vocal performances. Yeah, absolutely. So how about Master of Reality? So I'm going to start right away with Solitude. I think it's criminally underrated. And this also piggybacks on Planet Caravan, but I figured I'd talk about it through Solitude. And it really shows the diversity of Ozzy's voice. I mean, how many you could still go online today and people are going to argue that Planet Caravan and Solitude is not Ozzy singing. And we all know, of course, it is Ozzy singing. And I actually love the alternate take, even though it, it you know, doesn't play the whole song. But it gives you all those effects aren't on the track. And it really gives you even more of a sense of what Ozzy's performance is like. It's unique. It's different. It's gentle. It's just absolutely haunting and beautiful. I have Solitude listed also. It's a total standout. It's probably, I mean, is that the lowest register of Ozzy's career? I think it's probably safe to say that it is. Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, Hand of Doom, he gets pretty low. And, you know, Black Sabbath, he gets pretty low. Some of those low vocals on the writ where he's singing the low vocals the, pretty low. Yeah. The, yeah. The track, the doubled vocals and one's high and one's low. Yeah. But yeah, Solitude's definitely down there. A lot of fans, you know, try to say that's Bill Ward. And that, that's right. totally not Bill Ward. That is Ozzy. Another one that stands out for me on Master of Reality is Lord of This World. That's my other note. Lord of This World is the other track that stands out. And we are so in sync as usual, man. I cannot wait to hear your list. So listeners, just know we do not know what our list is. So we do not know. It, I'm super excited. We actually asked, should we show each other our list and decided not to. We want this to be all natural and fun for all of us. So yeah, Lord of This World is just extremely emotional, man. And not to mention the highs he hits in that song. It's kind it's of much a higher. level. Oh, yeah. Agreed. I don't think, you know, one of the things I think people don't realize about Ozzy, because he's got such a unique voice, is how high he really sings. You know, I was just watching another uh, YouTube analyzing Ozzy's voice, doing my homework, and every time, oh, he, Ozzy is really up there singing. He's high, higher than people realize, and it's so true. I saw a video the other day that I sent you of Lita Ford talking about Close My Eyes Forever, and she said, you know, Ozzy's so known for being a character that sometimes people forget what a singer he is, what a vocalist he is. And she said that when they recorded that song, the producers sat them in a room together, and they literally bounced off each other line for line, all at once, in one take. She said, at that point, I realized, wow, this guy is a vocalist like he can really sing he's hitting these high notes and it's not even hard he's just it's such a natural ability to be able to do that i love that song and i'm sure we're going to do a b-sides and that's not even a b-side to me that's a that's an episode of ozzy singing on other people's records which we'll have for sure down the road and that's definitely an amazing performance and song oh great, yeah absolutely. great point yes yeah, that's a massive hit so i mean that's definitely nowhere near a b-side but yeah next up is volume four uh you know to me this is where ozzy's voice 
really starts to change. And I should have mentioned this earlier. So Master of Reality is the first album that Black Sabbath tuned down fully to C sharp, which is a step and a half where the debut and Paranoid were in, for the most part, 440 standard tuning, give or take, right? So when you tune lower, it enables the singer to sing higher because he's starting from a lower point, if that makes sense. So really, uh, Master Reality is the first time that did it, and he starts to explore it a little bit in Lord of This World, right? Even Sweet Leaf is pretty high, as we can tell, as he can't sing it later in his career. But uh, Volume 4 is really the first record to me where Ozzy went for it. Like, his voice really starts to get high. It's the first album without Roger Bain producing, right? They, they produce it with Patrick Meehan and themselves. And you can really tell that Ozzy is going for it. Yeah, he's letting it rip. Tomorrow's Dream opens the album, and he comes right out with a bang in that song to me. Just high energy, high vocals, just really pushing it right from the start with that track. Talk about a, a song that I didn't know the lyrics for forever is the last line of that song. Yes, you and I have discussed that before in private. The last line of that song, we debated it, and then when they did the remaster a few months back, we actually read the lyrics on that and realized that we both were wrong. No, I had figured it out about a dozen years ago, where for years it was people said the train departs, or I always thought it was stop heart or some crap like that. What is the lyric again? This time I'm going to play. I'm going to play the star part. Yeah, so I always thought it was stop heart, but it's really this time I'm going to play the star part. The star part. Another one in volume four that you just had, you'd be remiss if we didn't bring up his changes. Yeah, changes is great. I mean, such a different sound. Again, Ozzy stretching himself. Beautiful song. I absolutely um, love his performance. It's again, haunting and beautiful at the same time. Great choice. I also see changes as a forward to what would be coming on later in his career because Ozzy's so ballad centric these days and changes by all accounts, I would call the first ballad of his career that really set a tone for what the rest would follow because it's such, such a beautiful song and like it's very emotional. Great point because really Solitude and Planet Caravan, while softer, they're not ballads. I think you're spot on. Changes is really the first prototypical Aussie ballad. So up next, we have Sabbath Bloody Sabbath. Oh, gosh. When we're talking vocal performances, this album <laughs> kind of hits a whole new level, right? Yeah. I mean, I think we're getting into the two albums that I consider are the two best maybe of his entire career vocally. I believe I agree with you on that. Yeah, the whole album stands out, right? I mean, you could go from the title track. I mean, that ending bridge, he's hitting notes that I've never heard him hit before. You know, it's unbelievable. But the, the song that really stands out to me is Spiral Architect. I think it's a wonderful performance. It really shows his range and emotion. Brilliant song. And of course, the title track. The title track for me is the standout. When he hits on that, on the ending, the bridge, when he says, where can you run to? What run to, right. And dude, I've been listening to that album for 30 years. I still can get chill bumps when I hear that moment. If you're hitting that note and just so damn powerful, so amazing. But even before that, during the verse riff and during you know, the slow part, uh, you know, just a lot of, of uh, varying tones and, and modes during that song also. Yeah, for sure. I absolutely love the uh, chorus of that song, too. You know, he really shows all the dynamics in the title track, you know, from that beautiful chorus to the haunting ending to the almost savage right like just insanity of that you know when he says where it, you know he starts low and hits that high note it's it's chilling you're right so next up we have sabotage which is for me the zenith of ozzy's vocal career to me i think i could have put this whole album quite frankly in my top 10 i think it 
any song you name, I'm going to say, yeah, he sounds amazing on it. But the one I'll start with is the underrated Thrill of It All. I think it's fantastic. Thrill of It All is power. You know, we don't talk about Ozzy's power very much. You know, everybody talks about his unique tone, how high he sings. But listen to the verses on Thrill of It All. That is some serious power. This whole album is power. Oh, absolutely. Right out of the gate, hole in the sky. And my note, actually, this is this is how in sync we are, people. We do not plan this. My note by hole in the sky says so high and powerful. Perfect. Power. Yeah. I mean, Ozzy just had a confidence at this era in vocally that I just don't know that he ever really reached again. But he. Well, you know that story, right? Let, let it go. This here is so. Zach asked him, Oz, how did you hit those notes on Sabotage? I, you know, they're amazing. And his response was. A lot of cocaine, Zach. I would think there was a lot of cocaine through No More Tears also, but that's beside the point. <laughs> There's a lot of cocaine everywhere, <laughs> but I love that story. But yeah, Sabotage is so loaded. I mean, Symptom of the Universe, another one that's just so powerful and so out front. Megalomania. Megalomania. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. And not to mention the vocal intro to that where it kind of uh, you know echoes in. Uh, yeah, I, love I always it, thought that was oh the coolest God. shit ever. I stole it on one of my songs. I took that effect on one of our songs for sure. Oh, so jealous. I like to do yeah. that sometimes. The Rit. I mean, that, that yeah. album was just... And you know, an underrated one vocally on that song. The Thrill of It All. Thrill of It All is really pushing it as another one. He's just very powerful and just really letting it rip on that one also. I think the most underrated. Yeah, it's the most underrated vocal performance, I think, maybe of, of Ozzy's Sabbath career. Career. Yeah. Agreed. Very good Absolutely. vocal performance. It didn't make my top 10, but I really thought hard about that one because it, it really does, man. You have to really listen to him on that to understand just how well he sounds on that song. Agreed. I'm keeping it close to my vest. Next up then, after Sabotage, of course, was Technical Ecstasy, 1976. So here, I love this record, of course. I know the last two Sabbath records, seven and eight, you know, Technical Ecstasy and Never Say Die, they're not as strong as the first six. I'd be the first to admit it. We're going to call it like it is here. Yes, we're we're fans and we love Ozzy, but at the end of the day, uh, we are going to call it like it is. And clearly, they're not as strong as the first six records. Right, Josh? They're not. They're still absolutely excellent. You know, They're still absolutely amazing. Right. When, when you're such a diehard fan like we are and you, the listeners, are, if you're listening to this, you're a diehard fan. There's something about those underrated albums, though, that kind of make them a special place in your heart. There's something that makes you pick up on those. It's like a injured kitten that, you know, everyone's like, oh, man, Technical Exe, Never Said I, they're not as good. You just have to defend it and take up for it and bring it in and pet it. You know what I mean? I think that's a fair point. And to blow your mind, and we've talked about this, my most listened to Sabbath album is Never Say Die. I'm probably right there with Technical Ecstasy. I've always thought Technical Ecstasy had a Aussie solo sound to it and you know you mentioned earlier that you think that's the era where his voice kind of went into that mode of what his solo voice would sound like throughout his career and maybe that's why i've always felt that i've never thought about it that way but i've always felt like it was the beginning of his solo career and maybe i was more put it with the fact that the songs themselves were not as heavy and a little more rock and roll Right, I mean, well, they wanted to be foreigner at this point, right? Absolutely. Rock and Roll Doctor, which is the song I have listed. It's different, extremely high vocals, a lot of energy, cowbell ripping, you know, and it was just a, it was kind of a left turn for Black Sabbath, but that left turn was going towards Ozzy's solo sound, I think. Yeah, for sure. And let me let me just put an interesting point on here. So first two albums tuned to E, then Ozzy started to expand vocally with Master Reality, Volume 4, then especially... Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, and Sabotage, right? 
So what happens? Tony wants to become more foreigner, Boston, that style of music. They tune back to E, and I don't think they worked close enough with Ozzy to help with his melodies because Ozzy is, it might not be as striking, but he is as high on technical ecstasy as maybe any album in his career. It is up there, man. And I wish they would have just worked with him a little bit and had him rain down his melodies a little bit on what pitch he was singing in. And, you know, Ozzy himself has even referenced that a little, not so directly, but, you know, he mentions often when he met Randy Rhodes that Randy would work with him vocally to find what worked for him with these songs. And I think that's kind of what he's referring to. It got with Black Sabbath to where he was having to force it to sound like to be what they wanted whereas Randy reversed that and made it to what fit Ozzy. And, of course, that's what any band should do. Here's the irony, right? Ozzy doesn't really like technical ecstasy, nor really doesn't like Never Say Die at all. But that, I'll get into why. But if you think about it, you're right. And I'll tell you one of the other reasons why this is very much Ozzy-centric. Not only his voice. For the first time, Sabbath is really starting to write choruses in their songs. And if you really think about it, most of the first six albums really don't have choruses. And that's what made them so unique. They have movements, right? They have a lot of changes, but there's not a, you know, there's not a chorus on Paranoid. There's not a chorus on Iron Man. You know, there's not a chorus on Black Sabbath. But now when we come to Technal Ecstasy, they're starting to write much more traditional structures. Totally a good point. Yeah, the, uh, the first six albums really would just change the tempo or go into a whole different section. Right. You know? and, and that's what made Black Sabbath Black Sabbath. That's that's what they did, and that's what I love about them. That's what you love about them. But in a traditional sense, not traditional at all. Absolutely. So a couple of standouts for me would be, I'm going to start with the ballad again. I think he sounds really beautiful on She's Gone. She's Gone. Yeah, I think it's so underrated of a song, but Ozzy sounds fantastic on it. And I'm going to go with You Won't Change Me. I think maybe one of the top heartfelt performances of his career. Yeah. She's Gone is the standout vocally for me. Uh, my notes say gut-wrenching, excellent delivery, and extremely well-controlled. You know, one thing that people want you to believe sometimes is how hard Ozzy struggles to hit notes and this and that. You know, there's something beautiful to being a human. And when you hear humans on recordings, barely get there, but they get there. Sabbath Bloody Sabbath is a great example of that. Right. I, I see it as an achievement. I think it's awesome. But he's so under control on She's Gone. And that song is so powerful and his delivery is just so haunting that I absolutely love it. So that brings up Never Say Die. Of course, the standout for me, I think you're going to agree for this album, is probably Junior's Eyes. A hundred percent. Yep, absolutely. I think it's a beautiful performance. We all know that it's written by Geezer lyrically, but it is written about the death of Ozzy's father. And Ozzy really puts a heart. When I said one of, you know, You Won't Change Me is one of Ozzy's most heartfelt performances. It, this is the most heartfelt performance of his career. I believe you're right. I mean, th- that whole chorus. Yeah, you're coming home again tomorrow. I'm yeah, sorry you won't be for long. Like, that song is so fucking powerful and beautiful. And he is absolutely giving it everything he's got. You can tell it's emotional for him. He knows what it's about. You know, like you said, he didn't pin the lyrics, but he knows what it's for. And that song really, for me, has always been the standout for that whole album. Look at it from this perspective, Josh, and it's just dawning on me while we're talking, right? We all know Never Say Die was a train wreck to make. They had to write the songs because Ozzy quit the band and they brought in Dave Walker and they recorded and written. They didn't record, but they wrote a couple of songs with Dave Walker. Ozzy came back and said, fuck you. I am not doing one of those songs. I am rewriting all the melodies, which they did. So they already had the studio booked. So in the day they were writing and at night they recorded and they just couldn't stand each other at this point. But I'm going to bring my point home here. 
How much love does Geezer show Ozzy that he penned these heartfelt lyrics so perfectly? And just really, he knows Ozzy so well, he's able to capture that emotion for him. Wow. You know, I've never thought about that before, but that's an excellent point. I mean, and not only were they not getting along, you know, we all know the drug use was rampant throughout the band. Like Ozzy says, they like to blame me, but they were all fucked up too. But on top of all that, like you said, Ozzy's dad had just passed away. So, of course, his headspace is not in a good spot. He had just quit the band, so his head is not in a good spot. So if ever there was a time to not be there for each other, that's it. But despite that, Geezer did pin the lyrics for Jack. Because the whole band, by all accounts, had a lot of respect for Jack. He uh, he is the one that made them the crosses that they all used to wear. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, I think they all really appreciated him and had a respect for him. And I think that song probably meant a lot to all four of those guys. For sure. And obviously, Ozzy's whole career, all he wanted to do was make his parents proud with his music, right? And of course, Jack bought Ozzy his first PA. So I am sure Ozzy, because you know Ozzy, he's a, you know, a down-to-earth guy, no pun intended, but I'm sure he indebted his whole career to his father for that. Well, he said in his book, if he had any regrets, well, aside from, you know, his marital issues, but he, right. he does wish he did more for his father, you know, uh, and his mom after he, you know, after fame came in and money came in, he wish he would have done more for them. But I think any child would feel that way after the passing of their parents, you know? Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people don't really talk about, I wonder how much that also went into Ozzy leaving the band or not being there. You know, obviously they had started writing Heaven and Hell what was to become heaven and hell and Ozzy wasn't contributing no melodies at all and was barely there and barely coherent, but his father just died. I wonder how much that really went into it for anyone that plays such a hard role in your life. You can imagine in that time and space and, and being under those kind of substances that it totally couldn't add up on you. Absolutely. Another track that stands out for me on never say die is shockwave. Uh, a lot of doubled vocal layers. And the, the thing about shockwave that I like is they did the thing where, like, of course, Ozzy's always doubling his vocals. About where did that start, Dan, do you believe, that he started doubling his vocals just always, where that became his thing, that he doubled his vocals? Where in what era would you say that began? I actually think that started on Master Reality. That sounds about right, because that's when he yeah. became known as kind of the Aussie, you know, the Aussie sound. Agreed. Shockwave, he would do, at the end of the verses, he would do another vocal that would be either really high or really low of the one he was singing. Whereas when you double them, they're the same octave. These would be a high and a low. And it would essentially just highlight the last three or four words of the verse. It's brilliant. And it's brilliant. And what I think about, you know, when I listen to this song is all the metal bands these days do that all the time with screams. Right. Your kill switch engages, bands like that, they all, you know, sing the line, sing the line. Then the dude screams the last three words right behind the vocal. And really, to me, that kind of began for me right here with Shockwave. Agreed. And I have to say the title track for me as well is way up there as a song for me by Black Sabbath. But that vocal performance is a very high vocal performance. And again, you know, when he does it on Speak of the Devil, you could just tell that's the modern Aussie voice. 100% we're there. And now right here is where we are better than most Aussie podcasts you're going to listen to. Actually, I'm going to go ahead and say all Aussie podcasts you listen to. There you go. Because everyone else would stop here and say, hey, that's it. Not us. We're going to talk 13. What's your top vocal performance on 13? Age of Reason. I think he just has just such gruff power to his voice on that song. It just gives me chills. I think it's the best song from 13, to be honest. And I just think Ozzy's performance is one of the reasons for that. There's something about Age of Reason that has made that song better and better and better with time. When 13 first came out, my favorite track was End of the Beginning. 
And as time has wore on, it's clearly Age of Reason at this point. And I don't even know what the difference, what happened, what changed, but there's something about that song that really stands out. But another that I have mentioned vocally is, you know, Dear Father, that bridge, you know, yep. can you sleep at night? Can you close your eyes? Do you think of all the pain from your lies? Oh, or do you yeah. deny you're responsible for the victims of the sins you devised? When he sings deny, when that comes out and it's 2013, that one word deny sounded like 1976. Agreed. And yeah. they even promoted with that line all over the place before the album was released because he sounded so classic Aussie. And I still get chill bumps every time I hear it. I agree. It's funny. Those are the two songs I mentioned as well. I will mention a third, but real quick, I think Age of Reason also has Tony's best guitar solo on the tr on the whole session as well. It has great riffs, great lyrics. It really is a classic Black Sabbath song. And anybody that's not giving 13 a fair shake is just not a Sabbath fan. I'm sorry. Agreed. Um, How you could talk Aussie Sabbath era and not mention 13 really blows my mind because it's right there with them. A matter of fact, I think it's as good as Never Say Die or Technical Ecstasy. It's tough because I have such a soft spot for Never Say Die. I just, you know, told you it's my most listened to Sabbath album, but it's probably better written record. I would agree with you Absolutely. a thousand percent. I'm taking out my personal bias because I bought We Sold Our Soul for Rock and Roll. Actually, I didn't. My brother bought We Sold Our Soul for Rock and Roll. My first Sabbath album I bought was Never Say Die because it was the I went to I remember strictly going to Tower Record going, all right, I'm working backwards. What's the last Sabbath album with Ozzy? Boom, Never Say Die. So it's very special yeah. to me from a songwriting perspective. Clearly, 13 is better than both. Well, let's be clear. I think 13's in the ballpark with all of them. It's not that far a departure to listen to Master of Reality and then go to 13. I'm not saying it's as good as Master of Reality. We all know what a classic that is. I mean, it has Children of the Grave on it. Right. But for those guys to be in their late 60s, 13 was phenomenal, and it does deserve to be discussed in the conversation with the other albums. I was going to say one more track I'd like to mention is Damaged Soul because to me, we talked about Ozzy never really revisiting that classic Black Sabbath voice until Damaged Soul. I swear to God, Josh, when that song first came out, I'm like, this could be an outtake from Black Sabbath. That song is what made the album almost perfect in my eyes. They did something I didn't think they were going to do, and that was to do a traditional blues song with heavy guitars, heavy drums, and heavy vocals. And, and harmonica. And they did it, and harmonica. And they did it, and it was perfect. And by all accounts, that was outtakes from the session, though, right? Rick Rubin would have them record when they came in each day. Or not record, but just jam. And he would record them. And that's kind of where that song came about was from the James. Yeah. So. so Ozzy did come out and say when he sang that song, he didn't realize he was putting his final vocal down. Exactly. Another yeah. quick moment I want to mention. God is dead. Uh, vocally, great performance. When the song kicks in in full throttle and the first scream of God is dead, that is amazing. absolutely paramount on that record. It that, is. That album at that moment is so epic for me. Chill bumps every time. Just absolutely love it. I got to be honest. You know, we're all huge solo Aussie fans. We're huge Sabbath Aussie fans. So I'll tell you, the thing that I loved most about 13 was Ozzy's voice because it was nothing like that auto-tune stuff Kevin Churko was doing. Rick Rubin, really Greg Feidelman, did a wonderful job of capturing Ozzy's tone. Kevin Churko builds records. He builds albums, you know, from, from the ground up in the studio. That's kind of what he does. But like we just said a minute ago, Damaged Soul was the band jamming with the record button on. They didn't even realize they were being recorded. And that turned into a, an epic blues track. You know, and that's the difference in, in production to me is, you know, when you actually grow something 
naturally versus building it in a studio like it's a robot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, a hundred percent. It's much more organic. Organic is the word I was looking for. Thank you. Yeah. All right. All right. Are it. you ready? I'm ready, man. Let's reveal the top ten. And here we go. The top ten rankings of Ozzy's best vocal performances. Black Sabbath only. You want to go first, sir? You go first, because I really am anxious for my number one. All right. Let's be clear. There's no wrong or right answers with this, right? It's all just fun. Absolutely not. I was just looking at my list, and there's one apparent one I don't have, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I fucked that one up. Listen, I made a change in my notes while I was sitting here (laughs) listening to you talk. I've already changed my list up two or three times. I got shit jotted out, like scratched out and replaced. It's okay, because you can ask us tomorrow the same top ten, and it'd be different, so it doesn't matter. But my, my number ten today is the song Black Sabbath. It's the statement. It started it all. It absolutely set the tone of what was to come for the next 50 years. And at the end, the screams, oh, no, please, God, help me. Fuck. That is Black Sabbath, and that is heavy metal, friends. It's the start of it all. Top My number 10 is The Writ from Sabotage. To me, I love all of the different movements of that song. Ozzy starts out with that powerful original vocal. You know, the way you feel is the way I am. Love it. You know, I don't want to sing, guys. I have a terrible voice. But the way I feel is the way I am. I wish I walked before I started to run to you, just to you. Matter of fact, we know we've talked about this. Ozzy wrote the lyrics to the song. And I know we're not talking lyrics here. But, I mean, he used that in his solo career, too, right? I wish I'd walk before I start to run. I'm telling you, it's in there a few times. It's in but, there a few times. Y- yeah. But the power of his voice in this song is undeniable. And then, of course, you have all of the different movements. My uh, A smiling face, it means the world to me. So tired of sadness and misery. Haunting, beautiful, brings me to tears sometimes. Okay. So the writ is not in my top 10, but I have a note. I had to have that song written down under sabotage as my highlights. And my note besides that, beside of that says, straight into it, hard and heavy, the way I feel is the way I am. Yeah, beautiful. So my number nine, that brings me to changes. For all the reasons we discussed earlier, it was it was the start of it all from a ballad standpoint. You know, I think that was totally out of left field for Black Sabbath to release a track like that, and especially for fans to accept it the way they did. But Ozzy's vocal performance on ballads, what can we say? We all know Ozzy rocks the ballads. Everyone loves it. And that was just a prequel, a foreword of what was to come later on in his career. There's no question. And obviously we're going to do a a show eventually about Ozzy ballads, our top 10 ballad list. That'll definitely be an episode in the future. And you're right. It all starts right here. Changes shockingly did not make my top 10. I love it. I think his performance is great. We talked about it before, but it's a great choice. My number nine is from the same album, Snowblind. And I didn't even mention it when we talked about the album. I just think it's an underrated performance. I think Ozzy's really hitting some wonderful notes here. And just the bridge alone puts it at number nine for me. It's probably my favorite moment in Ozzy history. The my eyes are blind, but I can see the snowflakes glisten on the trees. My eyes are blind, but I can see. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I love that vocal performance. It's right up there with the bridge on Mr. Crowley. Was it polemically sent? Those are my two favorite bully moments in Aussie history. So I had to include it here. It's a very diverse song. He's got that little bit of bite, that don't you think I know what I'm doing part. Awesome performance. All right. Number eight for me. I won't spend a lot of time on this one because we did spend a lot of time on it earlier. But Junior's Eyes, so powerful. We, we discussed earlier how much that song meant to the Aussie and the whole band. And I think it really shines through. And that song does stand out for me vocally from his standpoint. You can't deny it. It's a great choice. 
My number eight is Lord of This World off of Master of Reality. So we did talk about that. And I think that's always been one of my favorite performances by Ozzy. Know that you're searching for your mind, don't know where to start. He's just got such a kick-ass delivery, right? Yes. To me, I think it might be one of the best performances. It is my favorite performance on that album. I'm going to give that away. I didn't want to give that away, but I almost put Solitude on the list. But for me, Lord of This World absolutely just goes a little bit more power, a little bit more range. How much power is that Lord of This World evil, oh. evil possessor? Oh, amazing. I will say for me, it does rank a little higher. Hint, hint for later, right? Oh, I love it. So we are at number seven. Number yes. seven for me is, and this song could be so much higher, but I didn't want to group so many from one album together. But number seven for me is Symptom of the Universe. Again, that hits all areas. I mean, there's just so much to say about that song vocally. We actually didn't mention it earlier. As great as that album is, we didn't even go into how great the performance of Symptom of the Universe is. And the, the little outro section where it goes to the clean tone, Woman, Child of Love's Creation. Oh, forget about it. Absolutely astonishing. Yeah, I didn't mention it because I knew it was going to be on both of our lists. <laughs> For sure. I'm shocked it is so so low, to be honest. Yeah, that that totally could be higher. We both agree. We'll just go ahead and say, we both agree Sabotage is the best vocal album, I think, of, of, of Ozzy's career. I, I do think Sabbath Bloody Sabbath is right behind it. Osmosis is behind those, I think. There's so many from Sabotage, I just hated to group them together. So I kind of spaced them out a little. Honestly, that song could be two or three. I mean, it's, it's right there with any of them. It is. It's awesome. I love his performance on Speak of the Devil, too, to be honest. Absolutely. All right, my number seven is You Won't Change Me from Technical Ecstasy. Nice. That song is great. It's, you know, a lot of people talk about the non-heaviness of, of Technical Ecstasy, but make no mistake about it, You Won't Change Me is a straight-up doom song. It's one of the most doom songs of their entire career. If you really listen to the riff, don't he's doing. I personally think what makes the song, though, is Ozzy's vocals. That song would nowhere rate near as high as it does for me if it wasn't for Ozzy's vocal performance. And Geezer's lyrics are great. It definitely resonates to me as a, just as a listener. Nobody will change my world. Nobody's going to change me. I, I just love everything about that song. Ozzy's vocal performance is very mesmerizing. Absolutely. So number six for me, Lord of This World. A little bit higher than you. Again, that song is just so powerful. And really, being one of the earlier Sabbath tracks, I think that made it stand out a little bit also because it was the first one to have that kind of punch, I felt like, vocally. That's the word I was looking for. It's exactly right. I kind of stuttered on that, but you're right. That is definitely the first song that had that punch. I do have a song that ranks higher from it, of course, a few before that. To me, that is definitely the first punchy, raspy, Ozzy vocal performance. Agreed. It's so great. Okay, my number six is Spiral Architect from Sabbath Bloody Sabbath. I don't know if it makes your list. Again, I think it's a wonderfully written song. Geezer's lyrics are mind-altering. They're beautiful. But Ozzy's vocal performance is what really puts it over the top. This is probably a top 10 all-time favorite song for me from Sabbath. And it's all because of that performance. You know, when that song kicks in, Sorcerers of Madness selling me their time. Ozzy's just on a whole nother astroplane singing this fucking song, man. Let me talk about this. This is one thing I really want to point out. Really listen to the high harmony he's singing on the chorus. Of all the things I value most of all, I look inside my myself and see my world and know that it is good listen to his how high he is singing 
It's fucking unbelievable. Yeah, if you don't think this stuff is hot, try to sing it yourself because exactly. it's impossible. It's, it's so hard to do. Spiral Architect was a song that I did jot down as one of my highlights. I didn't put it in my top 10, but I could totally roll with you on that one. Again, very powerful, high. I mean, it's just got so many ups. It's just such a great song, such a great performance. All right, that brings us to number five. My number five is Megalomania. This song has always meant so much to me, and I don't even really know why. I mean, I know why it kicks ass. I don't know why it kicks ass more than the others. I just love that vocal intro, man. Like we said earlier, when it would echo in, I always thought that was so cool. And then the bridge has the highs and lows together with a high octave and a low octave, and it's just so powerful. For the song itself, that riff in the middle that Tony starts going into, just a whole nother level of just kick ass. Megalomania has always been a standout. It really is. I actually prefer the writ just a smidge more, but I think Megalomania is a great choice. It was on my short list. It's 11 or 12, to be perfectly honest. It's right there. I actually like the first part a little bit better vocally than the second part. I think he's just a tad strained in spots on the second part. As you could tell from the Asbury Park version, it's one of the all-time classic songs. Sabotage is definitely his highlight of his career vocally. Well, the strain is kind of what I like about it. Like I said earlier, I like hearing that reach to get there. that, That doesn't bother me. I enjoy hearing it clip right there. And it's everything the singer has to get there. The vocalist has to get there. I have no problem with that. That's what I like about it so much. Um, you know, one thing I want to throw out there too, since you mentioned the rear earlier, I'm going to back up just a touch. Written by Ozzy Osbourne, by the way. A lot of people yeah. want to discuss what songs he doesn't write. There's a lot that he does. The lyrics for the writ were written by Ozzy. We could talk about Ozzy doing writing all day, every day. That's why we're here. But you're right. It is a beautifully written song. I think, what was it, about a month ago, I think I texted you out of the blue and just said, fuck, the lyrics to the writ are brilliant, man. They, they have such an emotion in me. How, how about the endless emotion of the ocean I swam for you? What yeah. a fucking lyric. I mean, of the actual lyrics Ozzy's written, they're probably the best. The best. It's not even close. Yeah. So next is number five for me, which is Junior's Eyes. Definitely a haunting, wonderful performance. I don't have a lot to say about it because we really talked about it earlier. But Junior's Eyes is just the most heartfelt, emotional performance of Ozzy's career. No question. No question. All right. Number four for me is Looking For Today. Yes. Uh, What a great choice. Oh, man. That ending alone, you know. Looking for today. But man, that part just absolutely hits a whole new level. But there's another part of that song that people may not quite think about initially. The pain begins to eat your pride. And and the way Ozzy stresses the word, or not stresses, but sings the word pride absolutely gets me in the gut every time. And I fucking love it. Yeah, a hundred percent. You know what? I'm so glad you picked that song. I wish I would have picked it after listening to you. It is clearly one of the best vocals of his performance, of his career. He is definitely killing it. It's a very well-rounded song. But like I said, that line, the pain begins to eat your pride. The way he sings that just has so much character. I think you're on to something, too. We all agree. Geezer, amazing lyricist, right? Top two for me with, you know, maybe behind John Lennon. Geezer is right up there as a great lyricist. But I don't think his lyrics, let me just say it this way. Ozzy is the perfect vehicle to spew those lyrics. They just wouldn't have the same impact without Ozzy's fucking, you know, Black Sabbath in particular, right? Even though Ozzy wrote those lyrics, too. Just Ozzy's performances enhance his lyrics. He's his character. He has so much character in his voice. It's it's intoxicating. Yeah, and the way he sings things, the way he phrases words, 
when was the last time that you cried? I mean, it's so fucking good. It's just, when was the last time that you cried? There's nothing special about that. The pain begins to eat your pride. It says everything. There's nothing special about that. But the way he delivers it is absolutely beautiful. And let's be honest. Geezer writes very heavy lyrics. And I don't mean heavy like metal. I mean like heavy, deep lyrics. And Ozzy's voice just is heavy, man. It just fucking fits it to a T. It's a whole other topic. But another thing Geezer writes, he writes lyrics that are relevant. And they stay relevant. And it's been 15 years. And they are still relevant. And it, it blows my mind. Agreed. And it's not just the war stuff. It's everything. It's everything. You know, we should do definitely a top 10 geezer lyric episode now oh, that we're talking about for it. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Number four for me is Hand of Doom from Paranoid. Touched on it earlier. It's definitely a striking song for me that what you're going to do times caught up with you is just, you know, he's got he's kind of got that Black Sabbathy early bluesy feel to his voice. Let me tell you, there is so much power in this song. I don't know if there is a song in his career. Well, there's one other song that has the power of this, and you'll hear about it shortly. But this is definitely one of his most powerful songs of his career from a vocal performance. He is ripping on this fucking song, man. And how awesome at the age of like 68 that he brought it back out on tour with Black Sabbath for the end tour. I know. Such and a surprise. It. Yeah, and nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. And there's a lot of diversity to this song. You know, the your mind is full of pleasure, your body's looking ill. That whole part is awesome. The you're having a good time, baby. He definitely is very diverse in this song, but for me, it's definitely the power that, that really shines on this one. Absolutely. So number three for me is Hole in the Sky. Oh my goodness. You talk about a big throat punch right right from the start of this song. I'm looking through a hole in the sky at this pow right in the face as soon as this album kicks in sabotage is just a whole nother level for me when it comes to black sabbath I, i'm not hiding anything and going ahead and saying that's my favorite black sabbath record that's the perfect opening song that was the perfect opening vocal it's just so good so powerful so strong it's everything i want in a black sabbath ripper agreed and i think holding the sky is a wonderful choice i would have to say i love pantera's cover of it you just can't compare philip ensemble's performance to Ozzy's performance for me. You can't. So number three for you, my friend. Number three for me is Black Sabbath. I'm so glad it was on your list because we don't have as many together as I thought we would. Yeah, I think Black Sabbath, the first song, is what made heavy metal. I mean, obviously that riff that Geezer and Tony came up with, amazing. A lot of people that don't know, Geezer was very integral in that part of the riff. Ozzy's vocals are the most haunting maybe of any song by anybody. And I'm even including all that death metal, black metal stuff. Listen to the voice. I mean, if you don't, if you had a, if you had Robert Plant singing Black Sabbath, right? It would probably sound cool because he's got a great range and a great, great tone. It would not be one of the greatest songs of all time. That's all down to Ozzy's vocal performance. Absolutely. Look at the singers who followed Ozzy, and they are great vocalists, but it's never the same. Never. You know? the, oh, God, please help me. I mean, he sounds like a fucking lunatic that is dying. I mean, it's just amazing. And I love that live performance that they released, The Beat Club, I think, right? The Beat Club. He's just as good on that. I mean, that is a fucking amazing live performance of it. Absolutely. All right, number two for me. Top two, baby. Let's do it. Here we go. This song vocally, I mentioned it earlier, so I don't want to go in too much detail. Sabbath Bloody Sabbath kicks my ass. It always has. When the music's real, you feel it, and that's a song that vocally I've just always felt. I love his verse uh, vocals. I love his chorus vocals. I love the clean tone vocals. I love the bridge vocals. I just love everything about his performance on the song Sabbath Bloody Sabbath. Yeah, you can't go wrong with Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. Personally, it did not make my list. 
shockingly, that's the one that when we were talking, I was like, fuck, I forgot Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. But I didn't. I analyzed it, of course. Just to me, I like these a little bit better. Just because I was, I want a little bit more diversity to my list. Like we talked about, this whole list could have been Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath and Sabotage songs. It really could have. It's a great choice, though. It's undeniable. Maybe one, outside of maybe the song Black Sabbath, you might say Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath could be the defining vocal performance of his career. Yeah, I totally agree with that. That's not an overstatement. No, not at all. My number two is Symptom of the Universe. Again, Sabotage. You can't deny the greatness of that record. Ozzy is on fire. I prefer... So listen, we talked about Sabotage, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. I actually think Sabotage is a hair better vocally for Ozzy. I think he's singing more confident. He's got a little bit more power to me on Sabotage as a whole. But overall, I think Symptom of the Universe, to me... When I think of a great Ozzy vocal performance, that's the song I always go to. It's just dynamite. And he is hitting some fucking notes on that song. Yeah, there's just nothing not to love about Symptom of the Universe. I mean, that song is just so powerful. Like you said, the notes, the, the, again, the cleans, it's just so damn good. Like, there's nothing. The yes, even yeah. the yes. Yeah. I mean, that's it's just amazing. Absolutely. The song itself is just so powerful. You know, Bill Ward's just going ape shit. It's just a great, a great song. Listen. I, it's number two on my list, but I can make an argument right now that it's Bill Ward's best song, it's Ozzy's best song, and Tony's best riff. Dude, that's hard to argue. And some of Geezer's best lyrics. And, and some of Geezer's best lyrics. I mean, Dude, we what, what was that, a, two months ago? We were, I was like tripping on Geezer's lyrics, trying to figure out what the fuck the song is about. Yeah, I still don't know what it's, it's about. but that's I don't either, but it's beautiful. <laughs> but it's beautiful. It works. Is our number one the same? Let's let's. We do not know each other's number one. We don't know each other's anything. Let me ask you this: Is your number one from the album Paranoid? It is not. Oh, we have different number ones. We do. Uh, my number one's going to blow you away. My number one is War Pigs. Absolutely, yeah. the quintessential Black Sabbath track. But not only that, it's powered by the quintessential Black Sabbath vocalist kicking ass on those cleans. You just can't top it. You know, generals gathered in their masses, just like witches act like masses. For one, you know, the fact that geezer rhymed masses and masses is great. But <laughs> I love it, dude. But, hey, I've done it in my own career. I said, fuck it. If geezer can do it, I can do it. But aside from that, that vocal performance, listen, when the whole 20,000 people stadium wants to sing along to your vocal lines, and that is what it's all about. And those moments in the song War Pigs bring it together for me. That's Ozzy's top vocal performance in Black Sabbath if not his career, for the sheer power of the moment. Yeah, listen, I my go-to for War Pigs is always when people complain that Ozzy sings along with the riff, which we might as well bring this up now. It's very few and far between. Very you few. know, Iron Man, Electric Funeral, NIB, and we're about done. Well, you know, I, Electric it, Funeral people, was the opposite, though. Ozzy had the melody, and then Tony followed the melody on NIB. Right. Same with Dear Father, by the way, on 13. Absolutely. Absolutely, it's 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 not true that Ozzy fucking follows the melody all the time. And I love Tony even says it. It drives me fucking crazy because I always point to War Pigs. Yeah, he's really following the melody in all that open space. Yep. <laughs> it's, yep. So, it's a great choice. I knew I sh I knew it was going to be your number one, dude. <laughs> you slyly didn't talk about it on Paranoid when we were talking about the Paranoid <laughs> album. I'm paying attention. Yeah, but you're uh, notes. I'm taking notes. It's undeniable. I know it didn't make my list, but of course, it's fucking War Pigs. It's War Pigs. Uh, my number one, I've said it my whole life, and I'm not going to change now. I think Ozzy's best vocal performance of his career is The Thrill of It All. 
And it is definitely my number one. And I just don't think he sounds better ever again. Before, after, the power of the thrill of it all is just mind-boggling. When when people claim that Ozzy can't sing, that's my that's the song I go to. L- listen to the thrill of it all, man. And you come back and tell me you can sing that song. He just sounds so darn good in that song, man. And uh, this morning when I was kind of going through the playlist a little bit, and that's a song that, like I said earlier, Sabotage means so much to me. But I got to say, of that album, that's one of my lesser listened to tracks on that record. When you're listening to vocal performances, Ozzy absolutely bust balls on that song and so i'm assuming you were pretty proud of me when i did at least mention it earlier i was very proud and i'll tell you here's the truth right this is not my favorite black sabbath songs right thrill with the thrill of it all make my top 10 black sabbath list it's not going to i don't listen to it as well either but what makes the song legendary is ozzy's vocal performance and that's why i think it stands to the top there's a couple of songs on my my top 10 That'll make my top 10 list of all time, but most of them won't because, you know, when I'm listening to my favorite Black Sabbath songs, I want to hear Tony's great riffing, Geezer's brilliant bass playing and lyrics, Bill's pounding drums. So it's it's the whole band that, you know, that magical band. But for picking Ozzy, the, just the Ozzy's best performances, there's no other answer than Thrill of It All. Well, it was like earlier when we made the comment that no one could sing those songs the way Ozzy sung them. To be fair, it's the same way all around with Black Sabbath. When Ozzy plays Sabbath songs solo, they're fun. It's great. I love to listen to them, but they never really sound like Black Sabbath. There's a totally different tone that no one can create but those four guys. Spot on. Listen, I know we both have a huge fucking spot in our hearts for Speak of the Devil. I'm obsessed with Speak of the Devil. There's no question. You're right. It's just a different listen because as great as... Tommy Oldridge and Brad Gillis is on the record. It's just not the same. It is what it's supposed to be. It's Ozzy solo playing Black Sabbath songs. And it sounds like Ozzy solo playing Black Sabbath songs. And that's exactly what we want it to be. And that's why it's awesome in its own way. But no one sounds like Black Sabbath except for Black Sabbath. You know, it's why I can't stand when Dio sings Ozzy era Sabbath songs. I know he doesn't like it either. And we're going to get into Dio. Josh and I are both huge Dio fans. Another issue I have is when you have to pit them against each other. I fucking love them both. And I think more people should have that attitude. But personally, I don't like when Dio sang Ozzy era songs. It just didn't sound natural. I don't think many people really did. That said, in closing, anything you want to say before we wrap up? No, this was a fun exercise. I hope people revisit some of these songs. If you're not as familiar with some of the songs Josh and I picked, I would definitely spend some time and dig in go check them out and also while you're checking that out check out bod's mayhem hour podcast produces this show and brings it to us for us to deliver to you guys to talk about ozzy and all things that are ozzy and all things that are great and we definitely appreciate the folks at bod's mayhem hour and give them a check and in the meantime we will see you guys next week hope you enjoyed the episode (laughs) 